Well, we're going to continue uh, this Sunday with uh, the topic of a living sacrifice, which I started last week. But I just feel like right now, does anybody have a testimony they want to share? Anybody just want to share something before I get going? I saw the hand raised right here first, so we'll go start here. We'll, and then uh, we'll go to Mama Mendez and then to Mother Betty. Go ahead and tell us what you have on your heart. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, I wasn't feeling very good. But last Sunday, I wanted to come to church so bad. I, I, I told you, I don't want to miss church. I, I feel like I just want to go so bad. And we came last Sunday and uh, we were worshiping God. And, and then Anna, in the middle of, we were worshiping, and she came over, and she prayed for me. And she, she said such a powerful prayer. I felt it in my heart. And, and you know, after that, the rest of the Sunday, I just felt so good. And then all week long, I had the best week I've had in a long Amen. time. Amen. So I just thank God for that beautiful thing. It was just beautiful. And that's why I married her. Mother Betty, tell us what you're thankful for. I'm just thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for our pastor, Pastor Rick, Pastor Anna. I tell you, you just don't know what a blessing you all are to me. I have no family here in Vallejo, but you all are my church family. I praise God for all the things and the love and, and just loving on me and things when things need to be done at my house. I tell Pastor Rick, and then he lets some of the brothers know, and they come and they take care of my need. Yesterday, he didn't tell any brothers, but he came himself. I was so blessed yesterday, Pastor Rick, Pastor Anna, and Bianca, no, Raquel, Raquel. All three of them came at the same time, bringing tithing tidying just uh, flowers, watermelon, uh, jars, uh, so I can put my fruit in the jars. I had a need. Uh, my shed was busting open on the side. Pastor Adam and Pastor Rick went and took care of that. Um, oh, I keep looking at <laughs> Raquel, my computer. She's the computer guru. Um, when something gets wrong, here she comes. She put, uh, she connected the laptop to the big screen, and everything is working perfectly. Pastor Anna went shopping yesterday, brought me beautiful flowers. She brought me a watermelon that Pastor Rick asked her to buy it because I told her I like watermelon. She's always bringing me food and flowers. I praise God for all of you. Thank you for being so kind and loving towards me. My husband passed away six and a half years ago, and you all have been a lifeline to me. When my, my, when my um, dryer broke down, uh, uh, Brother um, Dante came, Brother Bill came and fixed a leak under my sink. Just whatever needs to be done. And then um, uh, Brother um, um, Manuel, he's working in my yard. So I thank God for my church family. I don't know if you all know it. We have the most wonderful pastor and pastor's wife there is. And I praise God. You all appreciate them. I know you do, but I'm just telling you. I've been around for 80, 82 years, and I've been to various churches. We have, I've never had a pastor like Pastor Rick and Pastor Anna. 
So love on them and take care of them and support them. I just praise God for all, the, all of you. You all love my church family. Praise God. Praise Garland. Garland is my son back there. I, I call him my son. May is my daughter. Jai is my little granddaughter in spiritual. And I have spiritual granddaughter. You, okay, now I'm, okay, Bianca, my spiritual granddaughter. Yes, I needed to call your name, R R Raquel. She already knows she's my spiritual granddaughter. Amen. I praise God for all of you. I love you, Thank my you church Lord. family. Praise God. Give them a big hand. Anybody else have something they want to just share on their heart today? I just felt that a couple people at least wanted to share something. All right. Well, God is good. Amen? God is good. And, and the Bible does tell us to care for our widows to honor our mother and father so that it will go well with you and have long life. How many want to have a long life? I know I do. So uh, we honor our parents, and, and we do that to the best of our ability. Amen. Well, we're going to continue on living sacrifice. And the question that comes up at first is, what is a sacrifice? Well, a sacrifice is that which costs us something in the way we live. I'm talking about a sacrifice in our own lives. It means giving up something I love and cherish for something I love and cherish even more. Anybody that's ever done a weight loss program, you know that you sacrifice for something that you love. You love that chocolate cake, but you love being 30 pounds less, you know, or 10 pounds less or whatever that might uh, be. And last week, I spoke on how we as believers should respond to the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And so this week, I want to continue on the living sacrifice. What does it mean to be a living sacrifice daily in our lives? Because the Lord has called us, and we're going to read that uh, sermon text today, the scripture found in the book of Romans. But, but it means to serve him in a thousand small ways every single day of your life. How many know it's just not living for God on Sundays? But it's living for God every day of your life with our thoughts, our actions, with our words that we speak. The Lord is, what he's asking you and I is to die daily, every one of us, to die daily to ourself. In every small decision we make in every day of our lives to live for him, amen? To live righteously. Everybody say the word righteously. Despite living in a sinful world. You know, I don't know how people do it when they live in places like Las Vegas, you know, with sin. But the scripture is clear. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more, even much more. So wherever sin is, God's grace will pull you through and see you through those situations. Amen? So I've titled this message, A Living Sacrifice, The Righteousness of God. The Righteousness of God. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 through 2, which we read last week. I'm going to keep that as our main theme. Um, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking. And as I mentioned last week, the book of Romans is a great place to read about your faith, about our, our doctrine as believers. The first 11 chapters are teaching on that, of faith and works and grace and mercy and now as we enter into chapter 12, basically Paul is saying, because of what I've taught you, this is now how you are to live your life. So let's look at Romans chapter 12, 
verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. Let me pray. Father God, we just ask you right now to uh, shine into our hearts, shine into our spirits, your word, and Lord, grasp, or grant us wisdom so we can grasp your word today and understand it so that we can live it exactly the way you designed our lives to be lived. And we give you the glory and honor today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So to live a life, a sacrificial life, a holy and pleasing life to God means to live righteously. How many would agree with me on that? You can't live unrighteously and expect that your life is pleasing to God. The word, in fact, the word righteous is mentioned 66 times alone in the book of Romans. Just in the book of Romans. I'm not talking about the New Testament of 27 books or the Old Testament of 39 books. I'm just talking about the book of Romans. 66 times it's mentioned. So there is a point here that Paul is trying to convey to us. And I believe the Apostle Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to get that point across to us that we are to live a life of righteousness in this present day, in this present world that we live in. How many would agree with me on that? Another key word found in the book of Romans is the word faith. Faith is also found 62 times in the book of Romans. And yet another word is grace, which is also found in the book of Romans multiple times. And I believe the righteousness of God that we're all seeking and striving for comes by the grace of God that he has imparted, bestowed onto us, and that faith arises in us to live a life of righteousness. How many would agree? You can't do it on your own. You can't do, you can't live a life of sacrifice all on your own. It's tough. How many have ever tried to break a bad habit? Smoking, drinking, uh, drugs, whatever it is. It's hard to do by yourself. You have to be surrounded by like-minded people that are on the same mission as you to give that up. Amen? And when you do, it becomes a much easier, and that's why God gave us the church, amen, so that we could be a strength to one another. Essentially, this whole teaching is the theme of the book of Romans. God's grace imparts faith, which then imparts a, a, a righteousness in us to be able to live a life of a, of a living sacrifice to him. In fact, the book of Romans chapter 1 Verses 16 and 17 declare this. This is Paul again declaring, and this is what you and I should be able to declare as well as believers. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, 
just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. This is so powerful here because Paul is telling us that as believers, we have to first recognize that we're all born into slavery of sin. How many know that we are all born into sin? We're all bound by sin. We can't, we're bound by chains of sin. And, and we're all under the wrath of God going to pay a penalty for that. But how many are thankful for his grace, for the blood, just as that song declared this afternoon, the song, the blood that set us free from that penalty that we were all going to be facing. We're all set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. And only God can set us free to become and live as a true living sacrifice. This is his desire for your life. Look at somebody and tell them, that's God's desire for my life. To be a living sacrifice. Tell them, to be a living sacrifice. Yes, amen, amen. You know, a, a co-worker once asked me this question. He said, Rick, do you believe that, that mankind is good? That at the core, mankind is good? And I got to tell you, he's an atheist. He still is. And he asked me that question, and I looked at him, I said, no. I said, I believe that at the core, mankind is evil, that mankind is wicked, that mankind is sinful. And of course, he didn't want to hear that, but he asked the question, so I answered him. You know, the world wants to only celebrate the righteousness, the good things. You ever notice that? They only want to celebrate the good things in life. They don't ever want to let you recognize how evil and how terrible and how desperate our world is becoming some people will just want to focus on the on the righteous things the good things in this world or let's just talk about the good things i don't want to hear the negative things i don't want to hear the bad things ever hear that before from someone maybe on the way over here <laughs> you know those are all good and wonderful things to talk about but don't be fooled at the core of every person there is a wickedness because the Bible says we're born into sin. We're born into that. Even as a, as a child, you're born into sin. And as you grow and you understand the grace of God, that will set you free. The power of his blood will set you free. It will break the bonds of misery, of sin, of stain of everything. Amen? And that's exactly what we need to celebrate. So the Bible teaches us that we've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God and are depraved at the core, at our core. Romans chapter 3, which I just basically quoted, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's part of the Romans road if you're ever witnessing to somebody, leading them to the Lord. You point out those scriptures. No, there's none righteous, no one but God. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Amen? So we have to understand we are all in the same boat. We can't be a living sacrifice until we come to realize that we're all sinners. Amen? And, and here's, here's the great news. Years and years ago, there was a, a great theologian by the name of Martin Luther. He was the one that began the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century, who then pinned 95 theses, 95 different arguments against the church at that time, 
and that became the beginning of the Protestant Reformation. Well, he declared, I want to just let you know what he declared, what he believed at that time. He declared the book of Romans is the chief part of the New Testament. It is the purest of the gospel. It's not Matthew, Mark, Luke or John or any of the other books. It's the book of Romans. He was captivated by the term the righteousness of God. If you ever go back and look at the history of people that pursued God, that term, the righteousness of God, or seeking God in that way, was always at the core of what got him to the next level. And here it was the case with Martin Luther. Another great man of faith who you've heard about is the great John Wesley from the 18th century. He started reading the book of Romans and the great truths such as grace, mercy, faith, righteousness, which brought about a great spiritual revival in the 18th century. There's something deep down in our spirit that begins to stir when we want to seek him and live righteously. How many would agree with me? When you say, Lord, I want you, I, I, I choose you, and I give up this, this junk and that, there's something that stirs in us that wants to know Christ in a deeper way. And so today, I just have two points for you, just with that one page on your outline that you have. And I want to take a look at the first one because we're going to spend a few moments on here. Transformed in the image of God. Everybody say that with me. Transformed in the image of God. How many would raise their hands and say, I'm not the same person I was before? Yeah, I, I know that's all of us in here, right? You're not the same person you used to be because God has transformed you. And, and we know that the mercy of God is what allows us to experience his, his love and his grace. It's only because of his mercy that he showed us. And realization of this great truth, when you realize that it's his mercy, it's not your goodness. It's not because you came from a good home, because you had a mother and father that loved you, that raised you. It's none of that. Because remember, at, at our core... We're, we're evil, we're sinful, and it's only because of his grace. And as I mentioned last week, when you think about what Christ did on the cross, in fact, just close your eyes for a second today and just think of him on that cross right now, paying the price for your sins, for your wrongdoings, for everything you ever uttered, ever said, Think about that for a second. You can open your eyes. But we, because of what he did, should be willing to die to self because of what he did. Amen? Because of what he did. In fact, that leads us to this word transform that's used in this scripture that we read this afternoon in Romans the word transform, the original Greek word, it says it's metamorpho. Metamor Say that with me. Metamorpho. There, you just spoke Greek today. Metamorpho, what does that sound like? It sounds like our word metamorphosis, right? Which means transformation. And the greatest example of that, because it speaks of physical change. Something changes. Something changes. 
a total change. And the greatest example of that is the caterpillar into a butterfly. That word there is transformation. It's transformed from one thing, and now it doesn't exist as that. It, it exists as something new. It's a new creation, and it's beautiful. Amen? It's beautiful. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. Listen to what Paul said here. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Again, Paul is saying, yes, you and I are being transformed every single day. Do we arrive ever at that point? No. God's still chipping away at you every single day until the day you're taken up into glory. He's still chipping away at you, transforming you. You can't say, well, when I get to the age of 70, when I get to the age of 80, when I get to the age of 90, I'll be completely transformed and I'll have arrived. No, it doesn't work that way. He's still working on each of us while we're here. In the process, though, we're being transformed day by day, day by day, minute by minute. Amen? For his glory. Not for your glory, for his glory. Amen? See, what Paul is conveying here for us in, in this scripture is the idea that, that you change in character. Again, why I asked, how many know that you're not the same person you used to be before. And, and most of you raised your hands because your character is now changed. Your character is different. And, and it's different from the value system, from the ways of this world. When you look at who you were before, what you did before, where you used to go before, it should be different. It should be different. Amen? That's called transformation. Again, transformed in the image of God. God doesn't create junk, amen? How many know that? He doesn't create junk. And when he transforms you, he's taking you and just polishing you up, shining you up, not so that you can look good to others, but so that you could be a representative of Christ here on this earth. Amen. I love to, to wash my, my vehicles because I learned that from my dad. You keep a clean vehicle. He always keeps clean vehicles. And there's ne you'll never find any junk in his car. And it's always clean. And so uh, he, he would wash them and wax them back in the day. And, 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 and when you stand back and you look at it, say, yeah, that looks good. That's what the Lord does when he sees you. That looks good. Yeah, I see that. That look, Gregory, that looks good. Reuben, that looks good. And, and he's proud of you because you're becoming more and more like the image of Christ. Amen? So be transformed in the image of God. The second point I, I want to touch on today is transformation of values. This is really where it begins, the transformation of values. This is what Paul was thinking. As a believer... You're following one of two values. You're either following the world's values or you're going to follow God's values. It's very simple. There's no, there's no in between. It's either the world's values or God's values. It's very, very simple. And I thank the Lord for that. You know, as a believer, 
We're being molded, conformed to the standards of his word. And likewise, if you're a, a non-believer, if you're allowing the world to influence you, you're being molded and, and uh, transformed into the values of this world. And if you're being transformed into the image of this world, you're not going to be able to shine. Your light's not going to shine in, in your workplace. Wherever you go, people are just going to look at you like everybody else. But your light should shine wherever you go. They should see something different about you, amen? So here's, here's the question. Are you being changed into the image of Christ? And if not, why not? That's only a, a question that you can answer. How many remember back in the day, a few years back, they used to have these bracelets with the initials WWJD? How many remember those? Raise your hand if you remember those. Who, who knows what they stood for? Very good, class. What would Jesus do? And, and my daughters, they're too young. They, don't, they have never seen those bracelets. They're going, what are you talking about, Willis? So those bracelets back in the day, you could buy them, believers wore them, and it would be a reminder every day if you faced or got yourself in a little pickle in a situation, you'd be reminded, well, what would Jesus do, Right? And that's what we need to have in our thought process if we're trying to be the image of God, trying to be a living sacrifice, trying to live righteously uh, in facing a situation. Well, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Because we know the other, the other answer. That's our natural tendency, to do the other thing, to do the opposite. We don't have to ask that question. That's the cop-out. That's the easy way. But what would Jesus do? That's the answer that will take you to become a living sacrifice. And let me tell you, becoming a living sacrifice is not easy. There are struggles along the way. That's why they call it a sacrifice. Sacrifice hurts. It's painful. It costs. Amen? So you're either like the world or you think like Christ. Your, wor your, your, your life is worldly or your life is Christ-like. How, how are you living is the question. How are you living today, right? How are you living today? So the question becomes, how do we become transformed? How do we become transformed? That's what I want to know. Well, it begins by, first of all, saying this to the Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. And he's... You need to present yourself to God and say, here I am. Life has beat me up. It spit me out. Here I am, Lord, right now. And then you need to tell him, here's my body, my mind, my spirit. I'm all yours. Not just my body, but I'm all yours. Everything that is about me, my mind, my spirit, my body, it's I give it to you, Lord. Have your way in my life. And when you begin to do that, then and only then can you become transformed. You can't just say, Lord, I'm here. I showed up to church. That's great. That's a start. And we're glad you're here. But you have to say, Lord, I'm here physically, and I'm here to give you my mind, my spirit, my heart. And when you do that, now the Lord has something to work with. Amen? My brother-in-law, I'm going to pick on him right now. He, he, he makes 
masonry things. He works with masonry, and he needs sand, cement, and lime. And if he's missing one of those things, it can still work, but it's not going to be strong. It's not going to be a binding agent. It's not going to be what you want to make it work, correct? And, and in the same way, all of us need to come together. We need to be able to present to our God our bodies, our mind, our spirit, to be able to become a living sacrifice, to be able to be transformed. This is how you can become that sacrifice, to live righteously. Live righteously. Now, again, in your daily life, there will arise situations. Maybe this week. Maybe when you leave here. And you're going to be asking yourself that question. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Lord, keep me from temptation. That should be your number one prayer. And then, then secondly, what would Jesus do here in this situation? And that's how you become a living sacrifice. That's how you live righteously. Amen? I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, I gave up bad habits. I stopped hanging with certain people. I just didn't hang out with them anymore. Because those habits were taking me away from what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. And you have to do things like that in your life. Amen? Lord, change me was my cry. Lord, have your way. I'm here. Change me. Because this ain't working. And I said, Lord, change me. And he did. Amen. And he's changed some of you here. Most of you here. He's changed, he's changed all of you here. Amen. And he's began or begun that transformation in your life. But you're not done yet. This is a lifelong process. Amen. Now, you can serve the Lord in the way he originally designed for you because now you're no longer that caterpillar. Now you're that butterfly that's flying. Now you can begin to do the things that he designed for you and I. And, uh, and these are the things that begin to happen. Three things. You're now a representative of Christ everywhere you go. Everywhere you go as a believer, the minute you tell somebody you're a believer, you're his ambassador. Everywhere you go, you represent Christ. It's just like having a bumper sticker right here and on your back. I am a follower of Christ. Everywhere you go, you are a follower of Christ. And people see that. That's the way it should be. I notice people don't use bumper stickers anymore because they're so hard to peel off if you've ever had one. Um, and that's one thing my dad never, never, ever did on his bumpers. He never put a bumper sticker on his cars. Just thought I'd share that. His bumpers were clean. So not only are we representative of Christ everywhere we go, but we are his witness to share the gospel with those around us. Every day when, or every Sunday, I have some of you coming and telling me, hey, this week I shared with this person. Hey, this week I shared with that person. That's great. That's what you're supposed to do. And that's wonderful. God puts you in the path of that person so that you could share the love of Christ. This week we had, or the last couple weeks, we had Gregory sharing about pray for Ricardo Marin, this patient at Queen of the Valley Hospital. I don't know him. He didn't know him. But he got to meet him and talk with him. And he shared the gospel with him, told him, yeah, I'm a believer. I'm going to pray for you. Is it all right if I pray for you? 
And so the church began to pray for him. We prayed for him during our Bible studies, during the week. But we are witnesses to share the gospel to those around us. And I love the fact that the people that Gregory gets to witness to, they can't run away. They're right there. They're stuck. He's got, a, he's got them as patients, and not, they're not going anywhere. The third thing, now you present yourself to the body of Christ to be a servant. You know, Jesus Christ was the ultimate servant, amen? He, he came to be a servant. He didn't come just to, to lead his disciples. He was a servant. Pastor Rick's a servant. We set everything up here every single Sunday. We're out here taping stuff and setting cables up, and you guys tear it down. But we set it up every single Sunday. Uh, we have things at our house. We're servants to this church, amen? You are a servant to the body of Christ. The question is, how can I be a blessing? How can I help? And, and all of you do a wonderful job of, of helping us here at this church because we can't do this without you, amen? Those are three things that begin to happen. Again, you're a representative of Christ. Everywhere you go, you're an ambassador. Secondly, you're his witness to share the gospel with everybody that comes in contact, that comes in your path. And then thirdly, you present yourself to the body of Christ to be a servant. How can I be a blessing? How can I help you, Mother Betty? How can I help you? How, where, where can I meet a need? This is what God expects as a living sacrifice, to live righteously. Amen? He's asking, the Lord is asking for a continual dying to oneself from this point on. So it's not just saying, Lord, forgive me, I'm here, have your way, and then that's it. It's saying that every single day. It's saying that tomorrow, next week, saying, Lord, I'm here, have your way, have your way. It means that I have to be willing and I have to die to the things that are opposed to the goal that I want to reach. I always think of, of, of weight, you know, losing weight. Uh, and I hear the struggles of people that have lost weight and then they've gotten there and it's such a journey to get there, such a success to get where you want to go. And I'm happy for people like that. And, and it's a great sacrifice it's the same thing spiritually. It's a, it takes a great sacrifice to get to where you want to go. Amen? So if anyone thinks it's easy, you're sadly mistaken. It takes work. It takes God's strength. It takes God's peace. It takes God's wisdom to be a living sacrifice daily, to say no to the things of the world, the values of this world, and say, Lord, I want to choose your way. I want to choose what's right for my life. Help me to do that every day. It takes, it takes work. It takes strength to do that. This afternoon as I close, I want to take you to one more scripture found in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Let me say that again so you capture this. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. Now, wait a minute. Time out. Did any of you get nailed to a cross? That's not what it's saying here, that you got nailed to a cross, but that you have said, Lord, I've died to myself and my ways. 
my will. I've died to it. I say no to that, and I'm choosing your ways, your will, your values. Again, he says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no, no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can I just tell you today that if you're going through something, if there's a challenge that, that's hitting you head on right now, that the Lord sees that sacrifice that you've given to him and that he loves you and that he gave himself for you and that he's not going to leave you hanging where you're at. God has a plan, amen? And it's all because we've given our lives to him. We've said, Lord, have your way in our life. Here's the bottom line where I'm going with this. If you go back up to the first scripture we read in Romans chapter 12, in verse 1. If we can put that up on the screen too, that would be great. Notice here. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, here's the key part where I want you to focus. In view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, this should be our daily motivation. What should be? In view of God's mercy, the mercy he showed you, the mercy he showed you by knocking on your spiritual door, your heart one day, and awakening you to the fact that you were a sinner and that you needed to have this relationship with him in view of God's mercy. Again, we don't become a living sacrifice. We don't live righteously so that we can boast about how good we are, that we attend church every Sunday, that I don't miss a potluck or any of that nonsense. No. It's so that you and I can be completely sold out, consecrated, dedicated to Almighty God so that Wherever we go, we're ambassadors of Christ, allowing the light of Christ to shine through to others. We do so because we are rescued sinners from bondage of the sin of slavery. He broke those bonds, amen? How many are thankful for that? He broke those bonds of slavery, amen? And he rescued us. We're rescued sinners who Jesus loved and upon whom God showed mercy, the Bible says. And because of that, our daily lives should reflect a life of worship to God through personal sacrifice and righteousness as thanks for what he's done. How many of you would agree with me? Won't you stand with me as we close today? Lord, we give you thanks today in view of God's mercy, we're reminded, Lord, of your great sacrifice. As we closed our eyes earlier, Lord, and we tried to see the picture of you pay, paying the price for our sins on the cross, for what you did for us, for all the things we've ever done, Lord, that were not pleasing to you, whether they were words, actions, thoughts even. Lord, we've asked you for forgiveness and we ask you right now 
Lord, forgive your people. Forgive us today, Lord. Make us whole. Make us righteous in your sight because your blood does make us righteous. And we thank you for that, Lord, today. Lord, I pray that everyone here today would have that desire to be a living sacrifice, to live righteously for you, Father. That they would look every day and begin to ask themselves the questions, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus handle this? And quit relying on your old ways. Quit relying on the values of this world to give you that answer. But instead just say, Lord, what would you do? Show me what you would do. Help me today to live my life righteously for you, Father. And Lord, we give you thanks today. We give you glory. We give you honor, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you are such a good, loving God to us, that your mercy endures forever. Lord, we're so grateful for that. I pray for every person here today that they would have a deeper commitment to living a sacrificial life for you, that they would live a life of righteousness for you, that it would bring you glory, bring you honor everywhere they go. We pray that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray the blessing today. So if you'd lift your hands all around here, lift your hands and receive this blessing today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in Jesus' wonderful name. God bless you all. Have a great Sunday, and let's continue to be a living sacrifice for God. Amen? Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed.